Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we talk to the world's most creative people. I am your host, Sourdough, your faithful, trusty, loyal host, coming at you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. Man, do we have a great episode for you today. Today is part two of our special podcast series about our recent trip to Nepal to work with Nepali artists there to produce two amazing public art projects. But before we get into this, I want to, of course, thank you for tuning in. We do this for you. If it wasn't for you, I'd just be talking into a mic. So thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, I want to encourage you to go to notrealart.com and check out all the good, healthy stuff for you that we've got for you there. This episode and the last episode, part one of, of this special series, includes some video and some photographs. I think that you're really going to want to check out to help better tell this really special story. So be sure to go to notrealart.com and check out this and all the other great stuff we've got for you. Of course, please be sure to tell your friends about the show, like this episode and share it. It helps make the algorithm gods happy and helps us. So thanks for that. All right, let's get into this part two of this special series about our recent trip to Nepal. To recap, a few months ago, the U.S. Embassy in Nepal contacted my colleague and friend, artist Man One, to come to Nepal for a cultural exchange program to collaborate with Nepali visual artists on a very unique public art project from November 26th to December 10th last year in 2022. The goal of this unique cultural exchange was to create two public art murals promoting diversity, inclusion, and equity in Nepal. It was called the Street Art Project 2022. The first mural was created in a town called Jenapur, located in the southeastern part of Nepal near the border with India. The second of these two murals was to be created in the capital city of Nepal, Kathmandu, and the position and placement of this mural was interestingly just across the street from the parliament building. Nepal is an amazing country. When I think of Nepal, these are just some of the words that come to mind. Historic, beautiful, colorful, mythical, tough, and rugged. And most importantly, though, the Nepali people are some of the warmest, kindest, generous, and strong people you'll ever meet. Here are four interesting facts about Nepal. Number one, Nepal is primarily a Hindu and Buddhist country. Number two, Nepal is home to 126 ethnic groups who speak 123 languages. Nepal has eight of the world's tallest mountains, including the tallest, Mount Everest. Nepal is where Siddhartha Gautama, the Lord Buddha, was born in 623 BC. And the traditional art form of Nepal is called Matilia, and it's over 2,000 years old, actually 2,500 years old, and it's an incredible art form. I'm sharing this story with you because Man One allowed me to travel with him as his assistant and documentarian, and while we were there, I shot hundreds of photographs, hours of video, and recorded two podcast episodes 
which you are listening to the second and final one now. And so in this final episode, I sit down for an interview with the three key stakeholders of this very special project. In this interview, in this episode, you're going to hear me talking to our project curator, Kailash, from the arts organization Artudio in Kathmandu. You're going to hear me talking to our project coordinator, Sarah Knight, from the U.S. Embassy. And, of course, you're going to hear from Man One, the American artist who was invited by the U.S. Embassy in Nepal to serve as an ambassador of American contemporary art and culture in Nepal. And so you're going to hear me ask lots of questions, interesting questions of these three amazing humans and learn more about this incredible project. And of course, as I said, go to the website, check out the video, check out some photographs, really going to bring the story to life. That's it. Without further ado, let's get into this very special episode and hear from Kailash, Sarah, and Man One. Hey guys, we're rolling. Welcome to Not Real Art. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. So this is pretty exciting because here the four of us sit in Kathmandu, Nepal. And uh, usually our listeners are very familiar with the podcast coming from our studio in Los Angeles. And here we are, here I am. I'm like the you know, luckiest. I love my job. I get to go to cool places like Kathmandu, Nepal, and talk to amazing humans like you guys who are doing some incredible work. And I wanted to bring this conversation to our audience because I feel like this is really important stuff that they need to know. And I've just been so inspired and delighted, you know, learning about this program. Just to kind of level set, we're here to talk about the 2022 Street Art Project here in Kathmandu, Nepal, sponsored by the U.S. Embassy. And uh, we have Sarah Knight here with us. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Sarah, so tell, real quick, just tell our listeners what you do for the U.S. Embassy here. Sure. So my name is Sarah Knight, and I'm the Cultural Affairs Officer at the U.S. Embassy here. Fantastic. So, Sarah, you reached out to our other guest here, Man One. Our audience will be very familiar with Man One. But you've reached out to Man One a while ago to start this conversation about doing a cultural exchange program here in Kathmandu. Take us back to that time a little bit. How did you discover Man One, for starters? And then what was that initial conversation like? Sure. So Instagram, I think, is how I discovered Man One. <laughs> yeah. So us at the embassy in our public affairs section, we had been wanting to do something where we bring American artists or or some sort of creative type to Nepal to work with all the amazing creative Nepalis that we know and that we've interacted with. Really, we just kind of did some research on on Instagram and looking at Man One's website, especially like I had seen that he had done previous projects mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with other U.S. embassies. And then I think I either DM'd you or I emailed you. He responded very quickly, <laughs> so, which was great. Ooh, a responsive yeah. artist. That's, that's that was, quite professional. Uh, that, was great. that was probably four in the morning. LA time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yesterday. It sounds really yeah. interesting. So, yeah. So, he was excited. And we, we were already going to be working with Artudio. Sure. So, it was, it was kind of my responsibility to find the American to bring here. <laughs> right, right, right. And I, and I, and I found one. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's a lo- great... <laughs> yeah, luckily we found some, <laughs> someone very special, yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's a great segue, actually, to introduce our other guest, Kailash Shrestha. Kailash Thank you. I'm sorry. And Kailash, we're so grateful to know you now and be here. And so, Sarah, you had partnered with Artudio to kind of get this project going. So, so what was that? Like, what was the origin story there? How did that actually happen? Yeah, again, so and Kailash might not know all of this, but again, within the embassy, I'm the cultural affairs officer. Technically, I'm responsible for public engagement here in Nepal. And so what that looks like is there's a lot of exchange programs, there's, you know, talk series, um, etc. Some of them really lean more on the academic side or professional development side, which is wonderful as well. But we felt that we should also reach out to the the more creative types because there are so much here. Yeah, yeah. Most of the my colleagues that I work with are Nepali, you know, born and raised here. And, you know, just through conversations with them, talking kind of about street art, how murals are, especially in Lalipur and, and other places, they're, they're just kind of everywhere. And we thought, what better public kind of engagement program than to do some sort of public art? So that was kind of the idea. We knew Kailash. He had done some 
curating for I the I feel like embassy. everybody knows Kyla. Yeah, She's like the sort of yeah. the OG yeah. guy. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. So yeah, I mean, there there's several, or not several, there's a few artist collectives that we looked at, but um, Kyla and r Studio seemed like a really good fit. So we reached out and... He's been regretting it? No. <laughs> He's been enjoying it, I think. Amazing. <laughs> so, Kyla, so this was your first project with the embassy, just to be clear. No. So, I did couple two projects with the embassy, mm-hmm. but not this type. One was the photo, photo exhibition curation for 75th relationship between U.S. and Nepal. So diplomatic relationship between U.S. and Nepal. And another was, was like a, a, a simple project for the t-shirt design. Yeah. So I was just part of these two projects with the U.S. Embassy in this year. And then we came at you with a not-so-simple project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then this project, this is an amazing project. Uh, actually, so, you know, we started in 2010, you know, street art project from 2010, at, at the end of the 2010. And then that was of our, like, own initiatives and then no one was funded or funded for us right. to kind of initiate that kind of project and, and that was kind of one of the initial uh, street art projects that has ever done in Nepal in that scale so in after 12 years we we got this kind of support uh, to kind of reinitiate another level and be able to kind of bring all the artists from all over Nepal to one platform and then discuss about street art, public art, and then different kind of engagement. So I'm so thankful to U.S. Embassy for having us as partner for realizing this this amazing art project. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So for our listeners, I mean, take us back a little bit and share with us the origin story of Artudio and sort of how you got your career in the arts here in, in Kathmandu. How did, how did that all begin for you? So interesting. It's, it's a long story, by the way. So I graduated in 2007 from Kathmandu University. And then so I was struggling for my art career. And right after that, I got a couple of residency programs from Nepali art organizations. And at the end of 2008, I guess, I was awarded by Austin Himalayan Foundation. So I was the first recipient of Austin Himalayan Foundation Art Award. So that award actually changed my whole career in art because I was struggling and then, you know, like I was not able to hire my personal studio space. That small seed of money could actually give me, realize my own, you know, art space to practice. And then I worked for almost a year with a small studio space. And then, I, you know, what I realized during that time was like space is something so important for artists, right? So actually created body of amazing artworks you know almost all, all the artworks were sold uh, after the exhibition so and then through that realization i thought like this space should be kind of community space for like a lot of artists like me so that everyone can come and then be a, a part of the space and then practice art together right so that's how it started and then it's that's what art today is now so in this last decade we've done so many art projects so many initiatives, so many public engagements and community engagements. So, so um, that's how it started. So it was kind of like small space uh, back then, and then like in this decade, like we're growing as an art center and then collective of artists. So it, you know, that's that's a long journey. No, but, like, no, I that's a great story. You yeah. know, that story resonates because well, first of all, I was you were generous enough the other night to take me to the studio and give me a tour. It was wonderful. I mean, you have a, such a lovely space there, and it's a wonderful journey, isn't it? And to see that growth. But your story, I think, is very similar to so many artists out there who are have to be entrepreneurial, right? I mean, whether you're in Nepal or whether you're in California, artists have to kind of create their own fate and make their own good fortune and get out there and take some risks. And you guys are a testament to the hard work and and tenacity that it takes as artists to get out there and and put them, you know, put themselves out there and create the goodness that artists want to create. The art studio has kind of like, as I already told, we've done uh, so many street art projects that actually brought a lot of young artists together to go out of the comfort zone and then practice art in the public spaces you know before that uh, there was like very few artists as, uh, as as we also discuss in person so many times in in like informal talks a lot of that kind of projects actually uh, gave space to uh, to art the younger artists to come out and then mm. practice art in the public mm. spaces mm. not just that but also kind of the whole landscape of nepali art scene has changed after that mm. you know so I'm so happy about it, actually, mm. you know, like to be a part of this movement that actually, you know, happened in, in last decade. 
you must be a bit of an outlier here in Nepal, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, artists by nature, I think, are innovators. Entrepreneurs, uh, maybe by nature, are innovators. But here you are trying to bring a very contemporary art form to a country that has a rich tradition <laughs> in art making. And there's some conservative, more conservative views around just how many rules an artist can break. And so talk a little bit about some of the challenges you've had in trying to inspire and educate Nepali artists to break some rules and, and stretch and, and take some new chances. You know, so if you practice, you know, what I've been practicing, I mean, a lot of times I've heard that, oh, so this is not art. That's how it's, it's, it has not been real perceived. Art. It's, it's not, not real, real art, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. If you just yeah. practice yeah. art. In That's the, the name of the podcast. <laughs> very art. convenient. So I'm actually practicing not real art, actually, you know. So, yeah, so I have heard a lot of times from even like within the artistic artist community that if you just create like fancy paintings and then put it for the wall or have an exhibition in the gallery spaces, then you call it art, right? So that's how we were taught in art school as well. So if you, I mean, if you just look back to our own history and then reflect like what happened in the past, what kind of art that our ancestors used to practice in different community level as, a, as I mean, if you just look at Nepal, uh, so geographically, uh, culturally, you know, artistically, I mean, it's so diverse, you know. So that diverse kind of geography has, it's, it's like different kind of art forms that you can actually see all over Nepal. I mean, like still like we speak more than 53 languages in Nepal. More than 53, More than 53 languages. languages. There are like 123 plus languages that used to speak in, in this small country. Imagine like how rich our culture was, how rich this nation was, you know. Yes. And then imagine like what kind of art form that they used to practice in the community level, you know. So it has not been addressed by, the, by our education system. So if you just go back and then try to practice art in the community spaces. So it's, it's kind of people might take it as like, oh, these guys are like having fun in the community spaces or something like that. But as a contemporary artist or as, as a contemporary art practitioners, if you, I mean, it's so important to go to the community spaces and public spaces and interact with them and then collaborate with them and, you know, come up with the new kind of possibilities of art and then, you know, make everybody realize how important art is in public spaces and community spaces to kind of practice together and then transform each other together. You know? yes, so yes. so that's that's how I've been kind of being so engaged to in a couple of years back. So one of the residencies that I curated in 2016 was one of my best residencies that I have ever curated. That was called Dolka Album. So our community is so rich in multiple forms of, you know, it, it's in, we practice in, interdisciplinary art forms in the community spaces, not just visual art. You know? There's sound, there's performance, there's like a lot of other forms that we practice, but it has not been called as art, no, because it's it's not taught in the schools. So yeah, it's it's there are a lot of challenges that you can have faced, but I have never afraid of it actually. You know, right. so I've been like I know what I'm doing, and then I know uh, how powerful things that I'm I'm actually practicing. Right. So I'm very happy about what I'm doing actually. So man, one, how does Kailash's story resonate with you? Because I mean, on a certain level, as a graffiti artist coming from the states, knowing that the art world, so-called art world in America, can be you know very conservative and incredibly elitist, you've worked your whole career to democratize art and push the boundaries. So, what's it been like for you coming to Kathmandu and working here with uh, these amazing people? Yeah, I mean, the story, Kailash's story definitely resonates. It's funny how you can travel all over the world and there's these same factors that happen or that you run into or bump into in terms of an artist's career and his story. And we talk about it all the time. This couple of weeks that we've been here, every night we're talking about similarities and like I'll, I'll say, well, this happened to me. And then he'll start laughing because he's like, that's exactly what happened to me. And yeah. The only difference is he owns his space. <laughs> I owns still, his building. I, I, he fact. owns the whole building. Yeah. Jesus, that's awesome. <laughs> I've been renting my studio for decades now. But that's the only difference. But, big um, difference. But, big uh, difference. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, maybe I'll move out here, take over your space. <laughs> but no, you're but welcome. really. You're welcome. Yeah, you're thank welcome. you. Welcome. You know, but the challenges that he's talking about, same challenges that I've had, right? Especially with, with the different art form, with graffiti art and trying to mainstream it and trying to treat it as a real art form. You know, that's all that's been an ongoing battle ever since I started. And luckily now, kind of the tide has turned or whatever. And 
people understand what street art is and and all that. But also the the one thing that I, that I kind of wanted to mention just when you were talking earlier is when you, you keep mentioning that Nepal is so diverse. You know, I had no idea coming from America. I didn't know much about Nepal except you know there's Mount Everest and Kathmandu is the biggest city there, and that's <laughs> that's kind of it. You know, I didn't know much else, and so I just assumed that people here were one culture, one type of people, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, there's hundreds of different of types of people that live here from the area and then to learn about people who live in the mountains and in the hill region and all that's really fascinating because I had absolutely no idea. And I think most people in America don't have an idea about that, you know? Uh, when we think of diversity or whatever, we think of like, oh, well, there's different cultures who live, like in America, you know, there's people who come from different parts of the world and then they live together in communities. But here, it's like, these are all people from here. They just have their own areas and their own languages and their own artwork. That's another interesting part is just that to know that all these different groups have their own art form. And then again, I look at it, it's incredible. It's like these art forms have been around centuries. And then for it not to be recognized in the schools and be taught to younger generations is really crazy. Culturally, I'm Mexican, so... I look at like Aztec, Mayan, Olmeca traditions, and even though the people now may look at them as a past tense type of thing, we're proud of it and we know about it and, and we study it. And even in the States, we people know about that kind of culture, indigenous culture, but it's really crazy to hear that, that here your own people aren't represented in the school system and things like that. So that's a great challenge to you know, try to overcome and, and just being here, like the couple sessions we had in, in Janakpur and to see the kids and their reaction to graffiti and street art. And it's amazing, you know, and then to see the, the traditional meet the art. And so I've been just like overwhelmed with, oh my God, this is so much information. Like, right. I, don't, I don't think, I don't think. <laughs> well, Sarah, it. <laughs> Sarah, I mean, you know, what man is talking about this like level of complexity, you know, cultural complexity, if you will, in this one country, I have to imagine that that served to inspire the concept for this program being one of inclusion and equity. So take us back to those conversations and those planning sessions and like, was that sort of instant? Did you realize instantly like that was sort of what we wanted to do, you know, to address issues of equity and inclusion? Or how did that evolve? Sure. So one of the embassy's priorities is in general supporting human rights and supporting social inclusion. And in my job, especially doing this kind of like people to people diplomacy, which is what's happening right now, is to kind of bring out those conversations or create a platform for those conversations to happen. And you, I mean, Nepal is incredibly diverse and it has a history both of celebrating that diversity and some unfortunate parts of the history as well of, of different groups being, being marginalized. But in such a way, you know, coming in as an American, as a foreigner, such a way that is very reminiscent of American society as well. So I have found through other kind of more micro talk programs, et cetera, that that's actually a really interesting issue that Nepalis and Americans can kind of compare. And then just in terms of, why this project, why that subject, really because some topics like this, you need some sort of creative voice. You need something artistic to really capture it, right? Because I mean, you can write, people have written books on it, but seeing a mural, it might be easier <laughs> to start those, those conversations. But also just because, you know, there's so much regarding identity and pain, but also pride that can be seen through various forms of art. So we just thought that that was, since it's one of our, our policy priorities and since it's, this would be a great tool to address it. It's certainly the right message at the right time on so many levels, not just here, but even in our own country as we grapple with these similar issues. But in terms of designing the program, right, to personify, you know, these, these messages of inclusion and equity. So tell our listeners how the program developed because there was an open call. We had lots of artists that came in. The, some of them, I guess, were selected to show. And then from there, they were participating in the mural. So, but, but take us back and take our listeners through the selection process initially. Yeah. So we really wanted to be very inclusive throughout the process, you know. So as curator, I was kind of 
trying to be as sensitive as possible you know like open college itself is kind of very democratic platform to kind of bring artists together bring their ideas in in, in one platform and then know like what is happening all over nepal and also kind of what i also personally tried is that like i went to janakpur approach the artists cuz in open call we just we, we don't just like you know a call for like uh, the academic artists but also we try to focus kind of uh, traditional practitioners traditional artists folk artists and also kind of indigenous art practitioners so whom they might not call the artists by our mainstream art actually you know so so i always try to kind of reach out to that kind of art practitioners uh, in my um, almost every projects so that's how we started and personally i reached out to so many other community for example like in, even in kashmandu i tried reaching out to the pova artists community uh, you know and thanka artists community even tharu art communities you know so i mean like whoever i knew about actually so i i tried to reach out and then i i personally went to janakpur initially the idea was like actually to kind of have a similar kind of engagement in like five different five six different places in nepal all over nepal but due to a lot of other logistic circumstances we couldn't do that So that's how we started so we got actually overwhelming participation you know like i was not expecting that much participation for the mural project cuz <laughs> uh, if you if you just look at uh, nepal art community is so small all of them don't practice murals so they are like gallery practitioners so it's just something very overwhelming participation that we got and then we had a lot of uh, critical discussions for shortlisting artists i mean in nepal when you just shortlist the artists there is also kind of sense of competition you know so we always try to kind of avoid this sense of competition idea you know like if you just go to the schools children grow up having a lot of art competitions you know art has never been a subject for the discussion or like for seeing or kind of for having deeper level conversation or interactions you know it has become kind of a matter of competition so art has never been talked actually you know it has become kind of a tool for competition so i really wanted to avoid that kind of aspect also so i closely i mean after after having like a lot of uh, submissions we uh, shortlisted 10 artists looking very sensitively uh, geographically culturally ethnically in uh, the form that they practiced the geography that they represent so that's how we actually shortlisted 10 artists and yeah so that was i mean they had just sent an idea you know so we really wanted them to be in same place and practice their ideas and share each other's ideas and work process you know and talk about their artwork so that's what we did in one of the program that we designed for uh, as as live art showcase where uh, 10 artists perform their uh, art concept together and also like strategically what we had done was that mithila artist was paired with some contemporary artist like for example the artist from jhapa was paired with the artist from kathmandu you know so that we could actually see them having conversation about their artwork and work process uh, so that you know that platform itself could be something kind of learning process for them it could be something very learning platform for uh, the both both the artists for an in same platform so that's how we went through and then the artists are something very positive not having competition instead having conversation and having like critical discourses or sharing the process of each other's art form or practices and all so that's how we came and then it is something very hard to kind of shortlist artists but again like uh, artists is convinced even like in final mural we've uh, shortlisted another four artists i mean representing different geography of nepal and different art forms of nepal and they have come together and also the ten other other six artists they have also some of the artists have joined the program you know yes, some of them yes. have like gone up the outside the valley and then they are regretting you know like oh i wish i could I could be part of it you know even though so they are not uh, part of it they are very happy you know so that's what they're reflecting we're actually sharing all these nights actually so i mean i'm so happy about it you know this is what i really wanted to have because it's about inclusion it's about equity you know so sharing ideas and then being in one platform and then talking about it uh, having deeper level conversation about their art practices i mean that's the pure form of a kind of uh, inclusion and equity you know so you can see like uh, in in the final work also like how this collaboration itself whole collaborative process process itself bring the idea of inclusion yes. uh, to kind of uh, create single art piece sharing ideas and their work and everything so i mean this is the purest form of inclusion that we have been practicing and that's how i feel actually you know yeah. so and also subject matter that we um, artists have discussed you know the main subject matter that uh, artists has come up with is that like the music 
you know, it's a, the diversity, unity in diversity, you know, like what connects? This art yes, connects, you know, yes, music connects. Yes. And then also, if you just look at very critically to the artworks, the musical instruments that has been highlighted in the artworks are all marginalized, actually. You oh, know? interesting. So these are so not mainstream it, instruments. No, so right. like the Newari instrument has not been played in the national kind of uh, Orchestra. You know, orchestra mm -hmm. or something like that. The Sohanai is not played in the minister music musical mm -hmm. form. So, I mean, if you just look at the artwork as, for example, Sarangi, you know, mm -hmm. how Sarangi is treated, you know. If you just look at the artwork so uh, closely, there are so much things that uh, that is included, actually. The you know? nuance, so, the nuance so, exactly. and the levels mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. It's so, so rich. Yeah, deep, so yeah. that's that's what I really wanted to kind of bring in to, to the conversation. Instead of like, you know, dividing human mindset. Mm -hmm. So uniting their emotions or like uh, values or identities or something like that. So I'm so happy with the result, actually. And Manwan, see, I mean, like, see how... He's kind of connecting all this idea of unity into his yes. art form. Yes. The artwork that I can see now in final execution is something so powerful, actually. So, man, when we arrived over a week ago now, uh, eight days, eight, nine days ago, it was a Monday, I think, and we were taken to the park where the artists were courtyard where they were painting live. That's when we first met the artists that were exhibiting that night at the event there at the the gallery. Take us back. I mean, what were your feelings, thoughts, and impressions as you started to meet these artists, see their work, and how did it make you feel? Walking around and seeing all the artists paint there and, and then meeting you for the first time face-to-face, -face, and then meeting each artist and seeing what they were painting. It was obvious right off the bat that the, this was a good selection of artists across the board. Just by what they were painting, I could tell that they were from different parts of the country, different styles of art, different levels of having been artists or whatever, you Ability, know, yeah. abilities and, and things like that. They were all really good, but it was just like I got the sense right away that it was very diverse, which was nice. Because sometimes you, you see a lot of, you go to an event and, Everyone's painting kind of the same thing, just a different version of it. This was totally different. I also noticed right away that there was issues, very real issues being painted, issues dealing with women, issues with equality, issues with caste system. With I mean, I saw this the first day, so I knew it was going to be interesting. And then after speaking to the artist some more and, and in the evening hanging out with them in the gallery, it became a little difficult having to pick some of the artists. You know, it's like, okay, who do you want to work with? I'm like, oh my God, that's not, a, I can't make that decision. So I'm glad that we were able together to bring it down to, you know, the final four artists that we're working with on the mural. But it could have easily been all 10 because everyone was really doing their own thing. Obviously, just logistically, it wasn't, it wasn't possible. But now that we're on the wall painting, it's funny how this whole, we always just say kind of like a buzzword or whatever, you know, the art is a universal language and all this. And sometimes we take it for granted, but it really is. There's people out there who, that we're painting with this week who, you know, we come from such different backgrounds and it's like what they're trying to say is probably way different than what I'm trying to say. But on this wall, it's make, we're making it work. And to see the different styles of art kind of forming together, it's, it's really, I never doubt it because it always artists somehow always make it work, but it's fun to be this far away from from my country and from where I, you know, learn how to do this art form, and to see the same kind of connection, you know. And yeah. the other part that's that's been really amazing, or probably more amazing to me, has been the people who are stopping by. It's incredible, right? I see their faces and like they're looking at it like, oh my god, I've never seen this done in front of me. And what are they saying? And they're really studying the art and they're asking questions and they're happy and they're, it's, it's, that's my favorite part, you know, it's just having the engagement from the community and seeing how everything's coming together. I mean, we talked about this earlier today, but having a five-year-old and a 60-year-old next to each other, enjoying the same wall, the same piece of art, what else can do that, you know, except art? So it's been really Really cool to, to be part of this, yeah. You, Man One, the American graffiti artist, 
a bit of a an anomaly here, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So coming with sort of an ex- sense of exotic artistry is inspiring, right? I'm sure to the artists here, right? So you're inspired mm-hmm. by them, they're inspired by you. Yeah. You know, they have certain tools to make their art, you have certain tools to make your art very different tools. And so there's that exchange and that learning and that mutual respect that comes when artists come together. And so what a gift for you and for them, right? To to come together. And art can be, probably is, you know, on some level, universal language, which might be why, you know, Sarah, you know, at the embassy, like we feel good about using art, right? Because it, it is a safe, kind of maybe a safe area, right? To bring people in to start a conversation. Yeah, art's safe. But it's also not safe. (laughs) I'm not sure if I fully agree that that it's safe. It is when you're creating. I I see what you're saying. When you're creating, it is it becomes a a space where you are able to let out your emotions or your thoughts or your your opinions. And especially when it's artist to artist, I feel like that that's why that that's been so special. But I mean, through this experience, we have seen some reactions Mm -hmm. to the art that Mm -hmm. are more negative in in Janikpur, at least initially negative. So Janikpur is a, a city that they're known for this beautiful art called Mathila art. And most of the practitioners historically have been women who painted the inside of their, their houses. And the whole city of Janikpur is, is covered in this. It's no- normally with religious images. But when Manwin was, was doing his workshop and Kailash was doing a workshop with different Mathila artists in the community, there was a lot of pushback, I think, to... So, for example, Manisha Saha is one of the the artists that's that's working on on the wall, and she comes from that community. But she has like a contemporary twist to this type of art, and some of the the ladies, some of the artists, really didn't like the idea of adding a contemporary twist or maybe saying different messages with their art. So, in that way, the art wasn't really a safe space because it kind of challenged what their notions about what this art should be. And I'm sure Kailash has more context on that than well, things that it's, I probably it's, it's, missed. It, it is, no, but it is interesting, you know, because of course art is a dangerous thing, right? Of course. And we're, you know, the other day sort of laughing about the fact that to finalize the permission on the wall, they wanted to see, the powers that be wanted to see the uh, rendering of the concept because, of course, they didn't want to be surprised, <laughs> right? <laughs> With something that didn't wasn't safe or was maybe too provocative. So it is that interesting balance because on one hand, art provides that kind of universal language for people to kind of connect over their humanity but it is also fraught and can be risky from time to time. Man, you were giving some workshops, have been giving some workshops here in Kathmandu as well as in Janapur, and you were teaching about your process. And What were some of the impressions that you got as you were talking to some of the young people about your process as a graffiti writer and as an artist? We had uh, several workshops, one with college students, art students, which was interesting because the first thing that I noticed was just how quiet, respectful, shy <laughs> they were until I invited them up to tag my sketchbook <laughs> and get free stickers. <laughs> After right. that, it was like game, game on. on. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, it was a little different. But going back to when we were in, in, in Janikpur, I found it really interesting talking to the when I was presenting my work to the artists that were there, you know, one of the things that, and I, this happened before, and I kind of was expecting something similar just based on experiences. When there's a tr- an art that's, where there's a tradition behind it, it's very hard for artists like that who do, who, who practice that type of art, it's very hard for them to go outside of the box because then it's not safe at that point. They know how to create that art with that style and within that, that technique. But then when you ask them to do something different, they just automatically don't want to do it. And I think that's human nature. It's like when you get pushed to do something outside of your comfort zone, it's very difficult. And so it was a very, you know, lively conversation. And I, like I said, you know, I, I can't understand everything that was said, but I can read emotions. And there was it was very uh, emotional talk there. But this is the other thing that I found kind of interesting was they were very adamant about their tradition and their style and they didn't want to mess with it or whatever. And they're saying this while they're holding iPhones in their hands. So to me, it was kind of weird. It's like, 
if you're that traditional, why why an iPhone? That's going to destroy your tradition more than any painting I'm going to teach you. And then finally we get to the wall and we start painting and we bring out the spray cans. I won't forget the time that all, you know, like two or three of the Meet the Artists just grabbed the spray cans and just started doing stuff. <laughs> and to me, that was awesome because here they are in their traditional garments with a spray can, you know, just rocking out the wall. And to me, that was like, okay, this is transcendent now. You know, it's like <laughs> we're in now. It was just, it was just really cool. And I'm also thankful for the embassy to be able to get the spray paint because I know that wasn't easy. <laughs> that was a close call. <laughs> so, you know, the first thing I said to them was like, uh, I told Sarah, yeah, just get some spray paint, you know? And she's like, oh, well, <laughs> it's not going to be that easy. There isn't a Montana store down the street or anything. It took a few weeks, but it got here. And, you know, if if it wouldn't have gotten here, I could have still painted with acrylics and all that, and that's fine. But there is this mystery, right, that can be revealed with spray paint that can't be revealed with other types of art, especially in a place where, you know, it's hard to get materials like that. So, Well, and let's be clear, right? I mean, aerosol art is very much an American art form, right? I mean, where did aerosol art originate? Right, right. Philly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, graffiti is definitely, I call it a, a American art form. and But the context also, right? It's like to bring that very aggressive type of, you know, graffiti is an aggressive type of art, right? Like it's not, it's not passive. It's not shy. It's in your face. It's bold. It's fast. It's big. So people sometimes are afraid of it. And but it's very ego driven as well. It's very right. ego driven. Yeah, right. you know? sure. So like I sign everything a hundred times and then people and to know the artists here don't even sign their name next to right. big old murals that they paint. So that's a thing to, to try to wrap my head around and whatever. But yeah, but I'm, you know, it made a big difference that we were able to have the spray cans because my style didn't suffer. I got to teach some of these kids and some of these other artists what I know about it. And also, even better, they got to ex experiment with it and do it themselves. And, you know, it, I think that was really, really a good part of this project. Kyla, so when you, now we're, we're doing this wall adjacent to the Department of Transport Management big long wall happens to be right across street from parliament yeah <laughs> i'm not sure if that was yeah. an accident or not or intentional but we'll we're glad it's there a lot of important eyes on it and it's important and it's great that it's there because the message is one of unity and bringing equity inclusion you know unity we managed to come up with a word that communicates this message uh in a way Kalish, how did we come up with that word unity yeah so the idea was like the whole series of engagement that I have designed actually for the whole project was kind of very strategic. So the going back to Janakpur and then knowing the local context, you know, because mo in most of the cases, like we always look at from bird eye view, you know, yeah. you always miss the context. So as an artist, it's so important to be there and then the experience the grassroots reality, you know. And then you'll be able to kind of deal the context in real sense. You know, that's how I believe. The Janakpur engagement was a strategically set. That kind of engagement kind of create the local artists and even like international artists like Man One, because he is so fascinated with this whole process now. You know, he's been explaining time and again about, uh, he's just been like you know, reflecting a lot of times, right? So that gives actually such a nice and powerful learning space for everyone who participate in the process, right? So even like the artists who are from Sinduli or from Kathmandu or from even Janakpur itself, it's just something very interesting platform to kind of have so critical discourse throughout the process, you know, that we have recently mentioned, you know. So the art brings that kind of conversation, you know, that's that's so important too. Otherwise, like as he mentioned, like having iPhone in right hand and then talking about the traditional ideas is so ironic. So wearing jeans pant and then talking about culture is so ironic, you know. Speaking in English and then talking about identity is something so ironic, right? Yes. So this idea of dilemma, you know, the, 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 this kind of dilemma is always there in the society, you know. Even if you just look at the education system that is there. So all this process actually brings artists and whoever uh, goes through the you know through the process brings actually really really kind of the essence of the what we practice so that that's how we develop and then we came to Kathmandu and had one day whole day yeah, conversation the whole day. yeah on sunday know? yeah 
and they reflected each other's ideas you know like how we are going to uh, execute the final mural you know so we are not working in the gallery space we are going to the public space we are making art in the public space so how sensitive artists should be there and the, the whole idea of his collaboration you know yeah and then so we're not making separate art again you know so it's about inclusion you know and then the being inclusive in the process itself yeah. in discussion and making design and making uh, artwork and everything should be in that process you know well, well, then yeah we were sitting all morning yeah with all all of us on the yeah. table at our studio we're, <laughs> we're sketching and drawing and talking and they were just going back and forth and yeah. back and forth. And, you know, it was fine. It was part of the process or whatever. And then all of a sudden, we just, I, I told him, you know what? I want to paint a wall. Like, let's go across the street yeah. and paint a wall. <laughs> so, we grabbed some paint across the street, you know, and then everyone joined in and we all painted a wall. Like, mm-hmm. like, like in front of it, our studio space. In front yeah. of our studio. And like you said, it was kind of like a warm-up, warm-up. A warm-up mural, right. right? Well, after that, when we came back... I think that's when we came up with the unity exactly. and every, everything like oh, just... Oh, interesting. Yeah. It just yeah. all came together, you know, right. like, okay, this is the word we want yeah. and this is how we're going to put it together and all that. You know? And also I was talking to the Nepali artists, try to kind of harmonize your artwork each other, you know, like even though you think personally, try to collaborate and the, bring that sense of collaboration, you know, and also kind of a sense of harmony. The harmony is actually inclusion, you know. So the division actually makes person kind of isolated or like divided or something like that you know the separation the the whole harmony gives kind of uh, the sense of inclusion you know mm-hmm. so that's what i have been constantly kind of discussing with each artist we came up to the space and then oh make the wall size and long size of paper you know and then man one started sketching something and then other artists sketching something and then just put them together and then oh this is not going to work this might work and this is how we just came up with yeah. the idea of this final well, yeah. design, you know. Yeah, and I love that story because it, you know, that idea that you guys sort of went out and practiced, right, yeah. a little bit and warmed yeah. up, and then that's sort of when the juices really started flowing and inspiration came in terms of the common vision for what you wanted to do. And just to give the listeners a, a sense of the wall, the wall is about a hundred. I mean, the mural is about one hundred and fifty feet long and maybe eight feet high, right? So, and it's sort of a composite of say each artist has a, I don't know, 15 foot, 10 foot, 20 foot section connected down. Right. And so, and the different murals kind of connected together, but man, you had the very interesting challenge of applying your style of graffiti writing to a Nepali word that you uh, don't, (laughs) you don't write Nepali, you don't speak Nepali, you don't read Nepali. What was it like writing a Nepali word in your style? Ekata, Ekata, which means unity. Yeah, it was it was really interesting because this is my first time doing <laughs> doing a word in in a language that I'm not familiar with, or even worse, letter forms that I'm not familiar. By the with. way, you already did in Janakpur in a school. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, Sneha. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's true. You're right. Don't remind me that I was like having a heart attack doing that. But yes, it was really interesting to figure out like, and I had to keep going asking the artist, okay, does this still make sense? Can you still read it? You know, like I'm trying to to make the letters funky and give them some style. But I was like, you know, am I going to push it too much? Is right, it, you know? right. So all of a sudden people started walking by and then just letting me know that it said Ekata. And I was like, oh, cool. They can read it, right? Yeah. And then I think it was yesterday, um, this woman grabbed me on the side and said, can I take a photo of you in front of the wall? She goes, I really love this part of the mural. And you, you did the mural, this part of the mural. I said, yeah, I did the letters and stuff. And then she goes, oh, it looks beautiful. And I never realized that that these letter forms can be so beautiful. She said, i never seen it with so mm. much color and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm glad that she goes, it's so beautiful. And, you know, I'm glad that one of the artists sketched it out for you and then you colored it in. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, actually, I sketched it out. And and then she was even more <laughs> like in love with the piece because she, she was like, oh, my God, you did it like an American guy. And I said, yeah, you know, I mean, it took some time and some help. But again, that was the part of the I guess the, the, that was a really fun part of, of this mural was just doing something coming out of my comfort zone and being able to to do something you know so yeah see the whole process is so spontaneous no so mm-hmm. i mean so powerful for me as as curator this is i mean like working with this amazing artist and then seeing their process evolving and then to the final piece it's so powerful 
Sarah, I know, I mean, it's, it's, I can imagine not being a, <laughs> not being a diplomat. What do I know? But like, but I can imagine that these displays of, you know, sort of soft power, if you will, you know, in terms of trying to communicate kind of American values and ideals around the world in a way that, you know, really shines a light on our common humanity. And as a American taxpayer myself, who obviously loves art, I am totally down for my tax dollar to go to these kinds of things. But why should American taxpayers feel good about their tax dollar going to these kinds of programs around the world? Right. Well, I would hope that anyone that's listening to this podcast after hearing that exchange between Man and Kailash would get it. But it's a good question because in a lot of ways it's very intangible, the the positivity that this brings and the relationships that it brings. First, I would say I'm a big fan of exchange programs. Exchange programs just globally started because right when you know the person of the other community, whatever, you're less likely to hate that person, right? And that's not the case in Nepal and the U.S. The Nepal and the U.S. have had wonderful relations, actually. But that kind of meeting face-to-face, understanding how much commonality that we have. They think I'm from Nepal, by the way. Well, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> it's because you write Nepali so well. <laughs> so in general, exchange programs are, are very important. Yeah. And I think I, you know, I already talked about why art is such a great tool, not just for this exchange, you know, because again, the the participants that are going on are academic exchanges or professional exchanges all wonderful people, super valuable to the United States. It's just, it's a different demographic who participate in more of the creative or sports exchanges, right? And we would be remiss to not reach out to to people that are more inclined towards towards other industries or other ways of thinking. And again, it's good for us too, right? Yeah, right. You know, it's good for us to meet. You know, I mean, Kalash was talking about how uncomfortable he felt with, with shortlisting artists. I mean, that was, <laughs> for, no. for me, at the embassy, we're like, yeah, and then you just shortlist the artists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got a budget. And he was so sensitive, and that was a learning experience for me. Sure. Like, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> like, right, right. They're not we're just numbers, they're humans. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it, it's good for us, anyways, to, to work with artists and creatives. But what's the value to an American taxpayer? World peace, that's a... (laughs) But really, I mean, the the exchange between people to people and then just communicating different policy areas in a way that reaches more people than some of our traditional programs would. A few thoughts on that myself. I mean, you know, one of the ways I know it was worth it is just watching the people, the pedestrians walk by, you know, because we're out in the public, as we've said, you know, very much on the public, busy street, busy pedestrian street. It's a spectator sport, man. I mean, people love watching these artists do what they do and not just love watching them, but they love the beauty because you're on a certain level beautifying a wall, right? That was just white or gray or whatever the color. So you're bringing color, you're bringing energy, you're bringing a spirit, a positivity on some level. And so to when I turn around, like today, like today when I turn around and, and the people were three deep yeah, standing and watching. And when I say people, I mean men, women, young, old, everyone. And in the morning, there are these schoolboys that walk by and they've come back and they see me both mornings. They come to the, you know, hey, it's me. You know, hey, we're back. You know, wow, this is looking great. You know, and they just are so happy. And so, yeah, I don't know how you measure smiles and I don't know how you measure that intangible, but it's powerful. You know, you can just sense it, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, as an American taxpayer, I say, let's do more <laughs> because it seems like dollar for dollar, pound for pound, you know, you're getting exponential value out of the money. And, you know, for our fellow taxpayers out there, I'll be happy to say that the U.S. government did not pay us what we asked for. Uh, you know, so uh, this is, you know, let, let me be clear. <laughs> this was not a generous budget here, but we were happy to do it, right? And uh, because it is important. And so, you know, Kailash, I mean, when you 
is a is a leader of this project here in country. You know, how do you define success for a project like this? Why is it important for you uh, as an Apali, as an artist, as a leader here in Kathmandu? Why is it important for you to know Man One, to know Sarah at the Embassy, to do this project, and how do you define success? So I don't know <laughs> actually. So. I don't believe in success or unsuccess actually you know so I believe in the process and then the being as sensitive as possible throughout the process trying to be as real as possible so I believe in that than the success and unsuccess because art is such a powerful kind of process you know like it does not define a good and bad it doesn't define like uh, you know real or unreal it does not define like so success and unsuccess it's a it's a it's something very i don't know like how to put it in words but i i just i just feel that you know yeah so maybe so we have spoken through our artwork itself so that cannot be put in the words i guess so well, i would yeah. i would suggest that one of the ways that we can measure the efficacy of this program is just through the media coverage which has been super positive yeah. from what i gather i mean i don't read nepali but 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 from what I, the english translation <laughs> seemed yeah. incredibly positive yeah and also so there are different layers of conversation happening you know mm-hmm. so that i'm i'm very happy about it and then the the one of the youtuber guy came mm-hmm. for like every day he comes and then talk to me you know oh. so I mean, the, he had made one video putting like our mirror's title, uh, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, twelve years of blockade work has been kind of open uh, now by the mirror Balin or something like that." So, and that topic has given like a sense of I don't know, like popularity or something. I don't know. So, but the inside content where I have spoken is like all this process, you know, like the how hard the whole process to get permission from the uh, authority and then so what kind of process that we have gone through to create mural he has i mean the views that he has got in the video is more than like 100k really wow. you know and then so there are like multiple people have come and then met me oh i saw this uh, video on youtube and then i just came to uh, see the mural mm. Mm. so That's many great. people have said yeah. to me that and then there are a lot of other youtubers have come and then talked to me mm. and then i also told him that the title uh, he has also put another title saying that making wall colorful or something like that no and then i said it's not it's not just colorful it's there is something else you know so it's there are artists involved there's uh, artists is not just painting the wall there's there is something else beyond the painting you know so that's what i talked to them talked to him and then he said like um, and he excused his like you know uh, weaknesses and then he changed the title mm. you know and then he again came back and then he has been like interviewing artists i mean i see these kind of content creators have like inspired from the artwork this is what makes me happy actually yes, you know and yes, then yes. so and there are layers of conversation happening you know so that's a public space and then a lot of uh, as as he mentioned like the three little kids he yeah. they joined yesterday yeah. and then one like almost 60 70 years old grandfather he was just like looking at the mural almost for 3 hours wow. wow i was just closely watching him then i also asked him would you want to paint mm-hmm. and then he said no no it's i'm just enjoying the uh, looking at it you know i mean like and there's so many people talking about uh, the concepts there's so many people talking about their perspectives there's yeah. so many people talking about different layers of conversation you know and then that's what makes that space something very interactive yeah something very kind of emotional in a sense something very I don't know I even like I don't know how to define all this kind of uh, interaction well, that has been happening there's a richness there yeah. right it's just the, there's so just that humanity maybe, uh, part, as you mentioned you know? the the success of the project is that yeah. that the process yeah. defines yeah. the whole success right. or on I well in and, and I'm leaving you know in a few days we leave and I'm leaving a changed person and also I just want to add something you know the deputy mayor just called me yesterday she was just uh, surfing our uh, kind of i got too busy and then couldn't like communicate with her mm. uh, of the progress and then she just called me yesterday and then she just surfed our like instagram and she was so happy you know mm. and then i mean like we i also requested her just to protect the artwork mm. put yeah. some lights and take the responsibility of making this artwork something permanent yeah. for 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 the people and yeah. then and this is so so positive about it there's so many layers of impacts yes yes i don't know what 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 could be the right word mm. right. Yeah. influences or mm. inspirations yes. have been like yeah. happening all over one question I, i didn't ask you before but how did you get the volunteers oh so we made an open call yeah so all liberal <laughs> we were very <laughs> all democratic, democratic. Yeah. so yeah, yeah. 
there were so many applications we couldn't uh, actually take all the volunteers and right. we tried to kind of all the volunteers are from art colleges right and i had actually if we could have got the overhead breeze so my plan was kind of engage three art college students uh, to create separate murals in different part but it was not possible to this uh, particular area due to the uh, you know logistic logistic part yeah but even though i i just wrote a letter to three art colleges and then requested them to be a part of uh, the conversation right. that you did with them i always try to kind of reach out to all these dynamics of art community you know right. so i always try to bring this educational institution in the in, in on board in whatever way possible so that is so important you know? so i feel education education is something very important after art practice right so the volunteers are all 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 of them are from art college so well, that, that, that's what i was asking you because it's been a while since i worked on a project where the volunteers were so enthusiastic and everyone wanted to work and do anything they don't care if i said you know oh can you go get me a bottle of water or can you bring a brush or can you fill in this area it didn't matter what i was asking them it was like they were on it and they were fighting to do it and you can tell that all of them have some artistic background because they were really taking their time being detailed with any instruction we gave them. And that's not always the case on a lot of projects. A lot of times, especially in LA, it's sometimes very hard to get volunteers because they're too busy or they don't see the point of it. So so I'm glad that you guys were able to get these type of volunteers because it made our job easier. You know, like for me to be able to go to a wall and everything's already set up. And then I just have to paint. And then at the end of the day, I can just walk, I can get, grab my bag and then leave and you guys take care of everything. It makes it just a lot easier as an artist because we're spending so many hours out there and, and, and everything, you know how it is. And so that level of just help and the volunteers were, are great. And, and I know they're getting a lot out of it, which makes me feel good too, because I can see that this is something that's going to stay in their, in their mind and they're going to start practicing this you know so so congrats on on hooking that up <laughs> that was great yeah that's so important like i i always kind of share my stories how i used to be a part of the different kind of art projects when i was student and then how it shifted my like the horizon of looking at art you know working firsthand with the art artist you know that actually changed a lot your practice you know so that's how i wouldn't give orientation to the volunteers and they're so happy to be a part of it and I'm happy that you're happy with them. Absolutely. Man, unfortunately, we have to leave in a couple of days. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I think you're probably a lot like me in that I'm leaving a changed person having right. been here. They say travel changes a person. They say art changes a person. You know, here we are, traveling artists. <laughs> <laughs> so how has this trip changed you, my friend? I mean, just the knowledge that I've been gaining about this country, about the the arts traditions here, the people, you know, all that obviously is just stuff that I didn't have in my brain before and now I do. I think longer term, right? You know, even I'm trying to th figure out how my practice will change in the future, having been inspired by this, you know, it always does. Every time I travel, it's always an inspirational thing. When I come back, I end up creating stuff that I wasn't thinking I was going to do or whatever. So I don't know exactly in all the ways that it's changed me, but it definitely has, you know, simple things I learned about art here. It's just amazing, you know, like like the way things are done here are unique, you know, are very unique because there's a tradition behind it. And then to see it being used in a contemporary way, it's a lot actually very similar to my practice, right? Like in, in doing street art and, and having gone to school to get the formal side so that I can speak on the street level but also speak at the museum level and you know be able to bring those kind of interactions it's kind of the same thing happening here yeah i'm definitely changed for life because of this and very happy to to be here and and again thanks to the embassy thanks to our studio for for everything and um you know hopefully my my future work will look even better because of this. <laughs> I hope so. Well, we could, I know we could talk another hour and everyone's so busy and I want to be respectful of everybody's time. It's been a long day. It's late here. We have another big long day tomorrow. So I'm so grateful for you guys for sitting down and having this conversation. I know our audience is going to love it. Sarah, I want to thank you 
And I want to thank Ambassador Dean Thompson for making this happen. Yeah, you know. it's been our pleasure. It's and uh, and thanks to the U.S. taxpayer <laughs> as well, <laughs> because this this is important work. This is the kind of stuff that connects peoples and humans, in spite of our differences, and transcends any silly politics. Here we are bonded through a common appreciation for the power of art. So that's it, guys. Yeah, thank you right. so much, Scott. Thank you so much. <laughs> any any parting now. words, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, to the thank, even, like, thank you so much, uh, uh, Scott, for being part of this collective celebration yeah. of art. You know, and thank you so much, Sarah, and then US Embassy team. I mean, like it's, it's something so great that we could realize, you know, together. Yeah. No, honestly, so, it's yeah, been a, it's been a pleasure, and so I'm just not just speaking for myself. But I know the yeah, whole industry. Thank you so much for that. Really delighted by this. And nice. uh, yeah, so thank you so much, uh, Scott. Our pleasure. So thank you so much, uh, Mans. I mean, like your yeah. your involvement has made this project really special, and I should also thank to uh, our. Three mayors and deputy mayors yes, of Kathmandu yes. Valley, Kathmandu, Kathmandu, Lalitpur, and Janakpur. Yes. So without their involvement, this would have not been possible right. in this way. Right. That we are Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. It would have been completely different. So thank you so much, mm. even like our artists <laughs> <laughs> and well, everyone. I feel like given the context, the only appropriate way to sign off is... Namaste. Yeah, namaste. Yes, namaste. Very yeah, namaste. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Peugeot and Desi Deloro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.